You're listening to another great message from Northside Community Church. Probably wouldn't have noticed this week, but it's summertime. All right, it is summertime, and we are. Look, whenever you go to um, summertime hits, we go to the beach, right? We are we are beaches people. I, I grew up in the Insular Peninsula, known as the Northern Beaches. And so uh, I've seen my fair share of beaches and, um, and most of us will be heading there this Christmas. And, uh, and what is funny down at the beach is that even in the roughest of seas and the craziest of waves, there seems to be a whole body of swimmers that swim with absolutely no sense of anxiety or fear. <laughs> Haven't you seen them around at the beach? They've got absolutely no idea. And, and I, why? I, th- I think it's because of the lifeguards. Amongst the, the, the sea of people that will hit our beaches, uh, there are these funny guys that sit in these big red tents and wear these funny looking red and yellow hats if you've never seen a lifeguard before and zinc on their nose. And I love, I love lifeguards because they, look, they are a vision of, of capability. They are a, a, they are a vision of protection. They are a vision of abdominal perfection that I don't think I'm ever going to see this side of heaven. <laughs> No, dear brothers and sisters, I'm not all that I should be. But um, <laughs> nevertheless, nevertheless, lifeguards are so popular that that uh, even Nathan Grebert is wearing a lifeguard's uniform. Stand up tonight, mate. I've never seen someone dress up for the sermon before. <laughs> never seen that before. Hey, lifeguards are... <laughs> um, I'm thinking what he's going to to preach on next so he can dress up. Um, <laughs> where am I? Um, <laughs> look, lifeguards are so popular that, that they've even made a reality TV show out of it. That's what you do these days. It's called Bondo Rescue. I don't know if you're a fan. You've watched Bondo Rescue, but you get to follow these lifeguards all around the place, and it's incredibly popular. And why is that? Why is a show like that so popular? I think it's because it, it, it ties into the great themes of life, right? Imp- impending danger, um, ig- ignorant foreign tourist swimmers, um, um, <laughs> that sense of anticipation of what will happen where there seems no possible way out, and the witness of a daring rescue by a saviour. All the girls are going tonight, oh, <laughs> like we love Bondo Rescue. Look, surf is one thing, but what about the rest of life? Getting rescued from the surf is one thing, but, but what, about the, what about the greater challenges? Uh, what about the greater challenges of life? You know, in the, in the, uh, what happens when the issues and, and, and those challenges that are more real and confronting than a four and a half foot wave begin to hit, take you down? Uh, where's the red and yellow cap in that situation? And you see, in the last couple of weeks, we have been asking the most important question anyone could ask as we head towards Christmas. And that is, who is Jesus Christ? And you ask many people on the street and they'll say, Jesus, he's a good teacher. And that look, that is true to some extent. But when I am getting pulled down by the waves of life, I can tell you the last person I want to see is someone with a calculator and a textbook. <laughs> I want to see a red and yellow cap. I want to see someone that has a vision of capability and of security and of rescue. Now, I, don't, I don't know about where you're at tonight as far as the waves of life are concerned, but I've got good news because this passage teaches, and yes, it's in the Bible, isn't it amazing, that Jesus is the ultimate lifeguard. It'll teach us tonight, we will see that he rescues those in trouble. He resuscitates those with his new life. 
He reunites them, uh, the rescued into his family. And that all happens if you believe in him, if you trust him. So we're going to read from that tonight in John's Gospel. If you don't have a Bible with you, then that's fine. It's up on the screens. If you've got it on an electronic device, just flick across from whatever you're looking at on Safari at the time. The true light that gives light to every person was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Have you ever been stuck in a rip? (laughs) It can be a scary thing. A rip, if uh, those of you that are from mainland Central America, and there are a few of you here tonight, um, a rip is a very dangerous thing in the Australian surf. It's this uh, almost invisible current of water that, that, that drifts people further and further away from shore. And one of the most insidious things about a rip is that you... You, you, you often can't see it. In fact, you're oblivious to the fact that you're actually in one and you're drifting. Now, if you have grown up on the insular peninsula or here in Sydney, do you ever remember Surf Safety 101 if you managed to drift outside of the red and yellow flags? What do you do? Put your hand up. Which I always thought was really interesting because I thought if I'm starting to drown, the last thing I want to do is be putting my hand up above the water. You know, I just want to be trying to swim. But the rule is you put your hand up, you ask for help, and the lifeguards are always watching. Look, uh, what, what we see here is that, that, that John is saying in this great intro that, uh, that we're in trouble spiritually. That we're caught in a spiritual rip at one point or another in our lives before we've met God. And sadly, we're oblivious to it. We don't realise that we're drifting away from Him. We don't realise that we're being caught up in a current away from Him and we're in trouble. What sort of trouble? It's, it's like... Um, it's like this girl, uh, J.C. Dugard. I was watching a documentary on Discovery Channel or one of those programs. Uh, J.C. was uh, kidnapped at age 11. I think it was around about the Lake Tahoe type area. She was kidnapped at age 11 and she lived in captivity for 18 years in this guy's backyard. And what was amazing throughout her story is that there had been all sorts of near brushes with rescue. In fact, one person rang the police because they saw at one point, they saw her as a young girl staring at a missing persons report of her at a service station and the police didn't pick it up. What was even more remarkable is that years and years down the track is that she even got interviewed by the police. This guy got taken into the police and they interviewed her. And in in, in a great paradox, which is well known in psychological circles, she, she didn't cry out for help. In fact, she began to even defend the position of her captor. They, 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 they call it here Stockholm Syndrome. And it's, it's where hostages express their empathy and have positive feelings towards their captors, sometimes to the point of defending them. It's crazy. In verse 10, John says here, he was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He's talking about Jesus. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. You see, John is saying that at one stage, all of us, to some degree, has developed some level of spiritual Stockholm Syndrome that we have become so accustomed to living a life away from our real father, away from our real family, that we even, uh, be, we, we, one, we don't understand the gravity of the situation, but we even, become, we even start defending them. 
we start defending the very things that keep us in captivity in our lives. And you see, the heart of the message of the Bible is this. <laughs> it's hard to rescue someone if they think they're fine. It's hard to rescue someone if they're not putting their hand up. You just look at the stacks of tourists on Bondi Rescue. They just keep floating out the sea. <laughs> hey, <laughs> do you, look, do you know what a Christian is? A, a Christian is simply someone who has recognised that they're in trouble. A Christian is someone who's simply recognised, put their hand up and said, hey, I'm caught in a riptide here. I'm drifting away from God. Lord, I need you. And at one point, um, they've found that and recognised that. And so the first thing we learn tonight is that Jesus rescues those who are in trouble. I've got to ask you, come on, guys, life-saving one-on-one. There's some of you need to put your hand up tonight. Now, if you recognise you're in trouble, one of the challenges that people have is when they hear these stories of the Bible, they go, yeah, well, where is God in all these sorts of situations? And the great news about this passage is that he was coming into the world. God was coming into all of this. He not only rescues those who are in trouble, but he resuscitates them with new life. We see that. We see Jesus is the giver of life. Listen to verse 13. He says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, have faith. He gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Look, as clearly as John is is trying to say it here, because it is a weird sounding phrase, he is saying we're not talking about a physical birth here. This new life is not by a physical birth, it's by a spiritual birth here. And why a birth? Why is he talking about birth? Look, it's... It's a confronting statement because what he's, what he's assuming here is he's saying that before you move into a relationship with God, it's akin or it's similar to a death. Why there's got to be a birth into this new type of life. One of the most confronting uh, uh, episodes of Bondi Rescue I saw was when this, uh, this young guy uh, had gone out in the ocean, got caught in a rip, and the, and, the, and the lifeguard had dragged him back into shore, and there he was on the beach, lifeless and blue and cold, totally incapable of, of receiving um, any outside stimulus. He was just there as a, looked like just a lump of nothing. And spiritually, it's the same. It's, it, it's saying, it, a spiritually dead person might like art and movies and all sorts of kind of books, but, but a spiritually dead person to the truths of the Bible, they might find it disgusting and uninteresting. uninteresting. They might even believe, but, but when they come up against the truths of the Bible, there's no sight, there's no hearing, there's no joy, there's no movement, there's no excitement because they simply don't respond. And so it's pretty confronting what John is saying to us tonight. Now, look, guys, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be abrupt or blunt here. <laughs> but the reason you've got to hear it in these terms, and here's why it's so crucial, is that, that people think Christianity is something that you just take up. I mean, like they think this is how it is. The minute you begin to sense that you need God and that you're not totally in control of your life, then you do what every other situation in life suggests. You take something up. You look, you guys know what it's like. You're at Friday night drinks with all the guys or all the girls saying, oh my goodness, I'm not as flexible as I used to be. And they go, hey, take up yoga. You should do yoga. And, oh, that's great. I'll take up yoga. And so you sort of stretch it out and you, you do yoga. Or, 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 you know, the boys, uh, boys, I just don't get out anymore. You know, I've got to see more of the air and that sort of stuff. You know, I think I'm going to take up sailing. Yeah, I'm going to take up sailing. I'm going to do sailing. I've been saying that for four and a half years and I still haven't been out on a boat. Um, 
look, but don't you see if, if you if you if you treat God this way, if you set if if, if you do that, if you set, you'll set Christian Christianity up for yourself as this whole new little achievement benchmark standard of living. And you, you know the great irony in that is that the reason you're even thinking that way is because those standards you have set for yourself in the past, you haven't met them. You realise that we're you know we've we've got our faults and our failures and. Uh, You see, not only that, how can you take these spiritual things up when spiritually you're as blue and as cold as a kid with a lung full of water? Christianity is not something that you take up. Christianity takes you up. Jesus takes you up. And excuse the image, but you need the very lifeguard himself of life to come in and administer to you mouth to mouth. You need the very breath of God to come down into your life. That kid, when he was there on the beach, there was absolutely nothing that he could have possibly done if the lifeguard hadn't have come in and breathed his own very breath into that young guy's body. And what John is saying to us tonight is that if you want any form of spiritual life, you need the ultimate lifeguard to breathe that breath into your body. It's biblical. says it in Ezekiel. I looked it up. That's Old Testament if you haven't been there. But it, look, <laughs> this is what, he, is what God says through the, the prophet Ezekiel. A prophet was someone who spoke on behalf of God. He says, I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Jesus, the great lifeguard, resuscitates. And here's what you need to get about Jesus. Je- look, Jesus didn't come to make good people better. He came to make dead people alive. He didn't come to make nasty people new. (laughs) Sorry, nasty people nicer. He came to make nasty people new. He came to make nice people new in the same sense, not nice people nicer. And so here's why it doesn't work to take Christianity up because later on in John's gospel, Jesus is talking to this learned teacher called Nicodemus who was a great scholar of the Bible. And he says, Nicodemus, you must be born from above. And he's talking about this spiritual birth. And you can imagine Nicodemus's mind. He's starting to think it all through and he's going, Jesus, this does not make sense because if mum was still with me, her 101-year-old hips would not be up for the task. <laughs> and, and, and Jesus says, no, 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 you're going down the wrong track, Nicodemus. I'm not talking about natural birth, getting born again. Look, the profound thing that Jesus was saying is that there are different grades or levels of life. Now you're probably thinking, Sam, you're getting all Spiro on us here. You know, what are you going on about? But it's true. You see, if you look at the difference between a carrot and a dog, both of them have life, right? But, but, but a carrot compared to a dog, it doesn't have anywhere near as good a life as a dog. A dog gets to run around and pant and malt all over your carpet. And, um, but, but the life of a carrot to a dog is, is so inferior that, the, 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 you could pretty much say it was a different kind of life at all. And then, of course, a dog to a human. Like we, we run around and do all sorts of crazy stuff as well, but there are complexities and, complexities and nuances and different ways we look at the world and reasoning and thought and emotions. And, and our life compared to a dog, we're both alive, but our life seems so much higher than the dog's life that it would be to say if a human to a lived, were to live the life of a dog or a carrot for that matter, you might as well be dead. And so Jesus is saying there are all these different grades of life. And so what he's getting at is that this new birth that he's talking about, this birth that's not of, of mother and father, but is from God, is, a, is, is such a higher form of life that it's the same distance between 
the difference between human life and the life of a dog. It's saying you can't work your way up into that. You've got to be born into it. And so in that way, look, hear me tonight. Christianity is not an addition to your life. It's not something that you can just take up. You know, look, Carrot doesn't say, oh, I'm on the way to becoming a dog. Or a dog doesn't say, "Ruff, I'm on the way to becoming a human. It, just, it doesn't work that way. You have to be born into it. And so in that sense, the new birth is the action of God through Jesus Christ, the great lifesaver in which his spirit, his very breath is being poured into the very centre of your soul. He resuscitates. And when he resuscitates, it's not just to give you your old life back, it's to take you into a new one into an eternal life called Zoe. The Greek is the translation there. C.S. Lewis puts it like this. He says, the spiritual life which is in God from all eternity and which made the whole natural universe is Zoe. Bios, the biological or natural life, has to be sure a certain shadowy symbolic resemblance of Zoe, but the sort of resemblance there is between a photo and a place or a statue and a person. A person who has changed from having bios to having zoe would have gone through as big a change as a statue which changed from being carved stone to being a real person. And that is precisely what Christianity is about. The world is a great sculptor's shop. We are the statues and there's a rumour going around the shop that some of us are someday going to come to life. How do you know you've got this life? How do you know you've been born again? How do you know that the great lifesaver has breathed breath into your life? There will be a difference in your life as radical as Pinocchio turning from blocks of wood into a living talking doll. You will see things spiritually and differently when you will see the word of God more richly and you'll be just wrapped up in wanting to discover who this God is. That's how you know. You can't just take it up. You've got to receive it. And so Jesus, he not only rescues those who are in trouble, but he resuscitates them into new life and a totally higher form of life. And lastly, he reunites them. Jesus not only rescues, resuscitates, but he reunites them. I am such a junkie for Bondi Rescue that uh, I've, I've moved beyond the Australian version and into the American version, Beach Patrol. And um, <clears throat> I was watching that episode of Beach Patrol the other week and, um, and this mother had lost her, down in Miami, Florida, and uh, she, she'd lost her little son, Raul. And so um, Raul, had, they thought he was drowned. And so the whole episode, she is searching for Raul desperately and she is in tears and she's nervous and, and she's absolutely beside herself. And then it flicks to the camera where after an entire day of searching, one of the lifeguards actually finds Raul safe and sound. And I'll never forget the scene because they're sitting there in the car and the lifeguard has, has to, to, to brief him and he says, now son, son, whatever you do, your mum's going to react in a funny sort of way, but whatever you do, can you make sure you look excited to see her when she comes around? <laughs> I'm thinking, what, what, sort of, um, what sort of briefing is that? But funny enough, they, they flick to the great reunion and you can imagine their king soundtracks of strings and all sorts of stuff for this reunion of this lovely Spanish mother and her son. And, and she called my baby, my baby, you know. I don't, I don't speak Spanish, but um, if I did, that would, that would mean I love you so much, my precious little thing. And she squeezes his cheeks. And the entire time, he's just standing there like this. And you see a shot of him, look at the camera, sort of like, oh, come on, mum. And I'm thinking, what sort of reaction is that after all the searching that she has been doing for this little guy? Come on, Raul. (sighs) 
Guys, Jesus reunites the rescued with their new family. How? In verse 12, it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus has brought those that believe in him back into the arms of a father who is as desperate for you as a Spanish mother on Miami Beach. And what it means is the degree to which you understand the significance of your rescue. Raul didn't get it. The degree to which you understand the significance of your rescue is the degree to which you react to the Father's searching efforts. I'd speak to the Christians tonight. Guys, you can go one of two ways. You can be a Raul. You can be a kid who doesn't care less. (laughs) Come on, Dad. Or or you can get caught up in in the passion and the emotion and the relief that was in his eyes, if God had eyes, when he finally was able to be united with you in that sense. And so the new birth reunites you with your family, with your real heavenly father. It plucks you out of that captivity. It's the same sort of reunion that JC Dugard would have had with her real mother who had pretty much counted her for dead after 18 years and says, oh, my precious baby is alive again. God thinks exactly the same way about you when you believe in Jesus Christ and you receive his new life into the very heart of who you are. And so two things happen. You get certain privileges that come along with that. That's a good news because some of you thinking tonight, this is a bit of a downer, dude. Uh, You're talking about trouble and death and all that sort of stuff. Like I came here for a bit of inspiration. And look, here it is. You, 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 You receive something that would absolutely blow your mind. You receive intimate access to the Father, to the ultimate Father, the Father of the entire universe, the one who is the entire judge of the universe, doesn't come looking at you, trying to smack you down and say, Raul, why have you been walking up the beach all your life there? I was worried about, sick about you. He doesn't come down upon you like that. He wraps you up in his arms, my precious, my precious one. But not only that, you're an heir to the inheritance of the Father. You think, you know, if you thought it was a bit of a downer that we're in trouble, but look, here's the thing. When you wake up in that new life, it's sort of akin because we're adopted into God's family. It's like waking up and discovering that Lachlan and Sarah Murdoch are your new parents. And I think that is awesome because they're about the only one in that family who is not in trouble at the moment. But not only that, they're insanely rich. They are insanely rich. I mean, for, your, for you Melbourneites, it'd be like you um, coming out of the water and seeing um, what, Bryn and Jeff Edelston as your parents. Well, they're rich. You know, they're interesting parents, that's for sure. But you get my point. Look, the father that I'm talking about tonight, guys, if you believe in Jesus Christ, makes, makes those multimillionaires look like they're living in a tent. And the truth of this word tonight says when you, when you step into this and place your faith in Jesus Christ, you have access to that. Of course, it's not monetary, but it is a riches that would blow your mind in that spiritual sense. And so my question to the Christians tonight is, are you rejoicing in this? Do you set your mind upon this when you're going out to work of a morning? Are you reminding yourself of this when you're on the train? Are you preaching it to yourself time and time again? You see, Jesus not only re- rescues, but he reunites you with a father who has desperately been searching for you. Guys, this week, don't be a Raul. Rejoice in the way that the Father has been desperately searching for you. Jesus rescues, he resuscitates, he reunites if and only if you believe in him. That's what this passage says to us tonight. 
They didn't recognise him. They didn't believe in him. But to all those that believe in him, he gives this life to... Look, why do we love Bondi Rescue? It's, look, it's for the, uh, the adventure, the action, the close calls with death, the, the, the saviour that comes, comes in. And I, I remember on this episode with this uh, young guy that was blue and lifeless and cold on the ground. As the, as the cameras panned back, I saw something different in the background there. And, and there was the lifeguard after all had settled down in that sense, just sitting by himself and down the sides of his legs, just massive gashes of, of blood um, down the whole, whole side of him because um, in order to go in and rescue this kid, the guy had been washed up against the rocks. And he was absolutely smashed and battered and bruised. Guys, you, you can see where this is going, isn't it? Aren't you? Look. This, this story is the unfolding of John's gospel. God in Jesus, God becoming man, jumping into the raging surf that is humanity and to all those that are willing to put their hand up and say they're in trouble, he plucks them out of the surf. You know, Jesus is the one that has placed himself in the place of danger for you. Jesus is the one that, 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 that went in and had himself bashed against the rock, not, the, not against the rocks of North Bondi, but against the rocks of sin and of death. And yet unlike this lifeguard that was sitting there on this TV show, Jesus Christ went into that water not as at the risk of his life, but at the cost of his life. Friend, this is, this is true of your life tonight. Are you, look, are you willing to step back from the pandemonium that is life and all the sorts of questions that go around and, and see this and look to the ultimate lifeguard who is bruised and bleeding on the cross? Look, some of you tonight, you, you, it's like you're watching from out the back in the surf and you are drifting further and further out the sea and you're wondering what all that commotion is down on the shore. <laughs> you think, what is happening down there? And you ask yourself, what the heck is going on? And it, all that is happening is that you are drifting further out to sea. I want to ask you, are you willing to put your hand up tonight and ask God for help by placing your faith in Jesus Christ? Are you willing to just put your hand up? Come and chat to one of the team. And anyone who calls themselves a Christian, look, you're, you're someone who has just woken up from, excuse the imagery again, but spiritual mouth to mouth. You've realised that the very life breath of God himself has been placed in you and you're not just taking up more activities but the colour is coming back into your skin, the senses are coming back. You have been awoken to a whole new life ahead of, ahead of you. Wrap your arms around the rescuer tonight and rejoice in the reunion. You're part of his family. All, all of us are coming out of the captivity, J.C. Dugan style. What does it mean to believe? Look, Christianity, as someone said, is the faith of personal pronouns, the eyes. You see, if you say Jesus was born and he died and he was raised and he ascended and he's coming again, that doesn't make you a Christian. But if you say that Jesus was born for me, Jesus died for me, Jesus was raised for me, Jesus ascended for me, that is the essence of Christianity, guys. That's how you, you, just, that's how you believe. Jesus, Jesus is the ultimate lifeguard. He rescues, he resuscitates, he reunites. Now, some of you are saying tonight, no, he's not the ultimate lifeguard. David Hasselhoff is. And I have to admit, the Hoff comes pretty close, doesn't he? He had all the great characteristics of a lifeguard. But look, Hoff's story, look, Hoff's story is Jesus' story. The book of John is simply the gospel according to Baywatch and that great intro song. Some people stand in the darkness afraid to step into the light. Some people need to help somebody on the edge of surrender inside. But don't you worry, it's going to be all right because I'm always ready and I won't let you out of my sight. I'll be ready. Yeah, I'll be ready. 
Whenever you fear, oh, don't you fear. I'll be ready forever and always. I'm always here. The gospel according to Baywatch. Guys, some people stand in the darkness tonight, right now, afraid to step into the light. Is that you tonight? All you've got to do is raise your hand and ask for some help from Jesus Christ. Christians, you're there to help somebody who is on the edge of surrender inside. I believe deep down. When we get in those quiet moments, every person in this world knows those great themes that we are in trouble and we are desperately in need of rescue. Either way, God says to us tonight, don't worry, it's going to be all right because I'm always ready and I won't let you out of my sight. I'll be there forever and always. I'll be there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the incredible story of your son, Jesus Christ, who dove into that surf and plucked those of us that believe out of the the very depths of the trouble that we found ourselves in. Lord, as we move out into this week, will you uh, help us to uh, dwell upon the great inheritance, the great um, privileges that we have as your children. May we rejoice in that. May it help us keep our head above the waves. But for those, Father, tonight that are afraid to step out of the darkness and into the light, Lord, this is not some exercise of me trying to twist people's arms behind their back. We saw in your word tonight, nothing can happen spiritually in this place until, until you grab them, Heavenly Father, and breathe that life into them. Lord, I pray that you might be moving that way, stirring in people's hearts, opening their eyes to the new life that is possible in you. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.